0: and welcome to the very first episode of Kittery Kids Ask, the show where students from Kittery, Maine, who attend Mitchell Primary School, Shapley School, and RW Trafe Academy ask their burning questions to the people in charge of the town of Kittery and the Kittery School Department. I'm your host, Cole Gilbert. Today, we're joined by Ken Lamont, the chair of Kittery's Town Council. Thanks so much for being here.
1: Thank you for having me
0: so we're going to start with the questions from the mitchell kit so the elementary schoolers they were very curious asking a ton of different types of questions they asked about the history of lobster in kittery where all the electricity comes from but this first one is very short and to the point what's your favorite place in kittery
1: Uh, i don't know if i have a favorite place it's just been my hometown it's where i grew up and i just love the whole kittery experience i guess a place where i can meet and talk to my friends would be Pepple Cove, the pier, awful lot of fishermen come in there, and neighbors and friends, and so it's an opportunity to solve all the town's problems.
0: Yeah. The students were also really interested in the inner mechanisms of the town government. As the chair of the town council, how does the town run, and how does it Well, the town council
1: is elected by the people of the town of Kittery. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a staggered election, so it's a three-year term, so it's two one year, two the next year, and three the the year after that. And and the reason they have that balance is so you don't have tied votes, so every issue is decided. And I've served, this was my second term on the town council, and I was fortunate enough to be elected chair by my peers. And my biggest responsibility as chair is to make sure everybody has an opportunity to speak and we show respect to them and allow them to speak, not only town councils, but the members of the public. We, as a town council, set policy town manager implements that policy we're not we're not uh, we do not hire and fire personnel we have one individual responsible for and that's the town manager other than that we're a policy board and we always like to hear from the citizens of the town of Kittery because that's where the best ideas come from the people sitting at home or in the community come up with these ideas
0: Great. Um- one of the students was, had a big old tree in their front yard, and they said their parents needed to go, out, go down to town hall and get a permit to cut it down. Do you know why people need those permits to cut down trees on their property?
1: I would, I would think it's a safety issue. I mean, and and the the possibility of the tree falling on the next-door neighbor's house or falling on their own house. I think the town would like to know what's going on, especially if it's close to a road or hangs over a road.
0: What's the your favorite part of being on town council?
1: I don't think there is a favorite. I, I, I think it's uh, when we have a successful meeting, we come together as a council, and we agree on the major issues, and we do the business of the citizens. I, it's, it's rewarding to walk away from a council meeting, know mm-hmm. that everybody's been heard, Issues have been resolved, and we can move forward as a community to the to the next meeting and the next challenge and the next policy.
0: And what do you think the hardest part of being a town councilor is? The,
1: the amount of meetings you have and the amount of responsibilities you have. Mm-hmm. I you know I could be out three four nights a week if I you know so chose, yeah. but sometimes the vice chair will take some of those responsibilities. It's a uh, it's a volunteer position and. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all go in with our eyes open but there isn't a great deal amount of work and as much as i appreciate the people that were elected me uh you don't you really hear someone say thank you it's more you know i need this fixed why isn't this taken care of why did you do that i i mean that's and i'm not trying to complain but if you you do ask me what is kind of the toughest part of it that kind of sometimes the toughest part because you always want to do what's right for the majority of the people and you always want to feel that you've done a good job.
0: Well, I'll thank you right here and right now for your service to the town.
1: Well, thank you.
0: So moving up to Shapley, the kids at Shapley were interested in how the town council votes on things. As the chair, can you bring us through the process of how things get voted on from Know, thing ideas being put onto the agenda to their passing in the meetings.
1: No, I'll, I'll give you one really good example, something I feel very passionately about is as a community, North Yarmouth is just a little bit above Portland, it's come up with this idea to have a circuit breaker, which is allowed by the state of Maine through state of Maine legislation. And what a circuit breaker is, it helps a certain class of people in a community with their property taxes. So I wanted to implement that and reward the people based on income, age, and a residency period in this town. And it's it's basically maybe 10, 15 years consecutively in the town. be over the age of 70 and your income being less than 300 percent of poverty level. And I came up with that idea and I asked the town council, I was not sure at the time, if I could explore that and, and uh, work with a town manager and Find out the specifics and see if it worked in the town of Kittery, and they were amenable to that. And I did. I did the research. The town manager was great help with that, and we drew up this ordinance to make it law in the town of Kittery. An ordinance is like a law or the state of Maine. It's just a different terminology they use. So I sponsored that ordinance, brought it before the the full town council. The town council requires a public hearing. So. Once it finally got to the Town Council, I happened to be chair so I could get it on the agenda. We scheduled a public hearing. We had a public hearing. No one came to speak either for or against. The Town Council unanimously supported it, but it requires funding, it requires money. So what we did, we took a look at the uh, fund balance forward, the surplus taxes that were not spent during the past fiscal year. We came up with enough money to fund the program for the first year, and it will be on the ballot. So the town council has approved it, but now the citizens of the town of Kittery have to approve it. So if I don't know how much of a viewership will receive this, but it'd be great if people were aware of that fact. And I believe it's Article 8 on the ballot. Maybe it's 8 9 Eight nine, I feel passionately about eights fixing the Wallingford square pier. Oh, yeah. That was another issue. We could talk about that, mm-hmm. but I just think it's easy to give an example versus, yeah. you know, trying to talk about a process where they can't visualize something that could come of
0: mm-hmm.
1: the effort. And any counselor has that ability to sponsor anything they like to sponsor.
0: So moving to another example, seventh graders at Shapley asked about the library project, and about whether they're gonna move the library or keep it where it is. I looked some notes from past meetings and I found a survey that showed about 54% of the public supports keeping the library where it is in the current building, whether that be with maintaining or rehabilitating it. Um, What's your opinion on that issue?
1: My opinion, and being a politician, I agree with the 50 <laughs> <Yeah>. don't I? <laughs> but personally, no. What you well, that, that whole thing came because no one could just make a decision. No one could make decide if they wanted a brand new library on a, on a piece of land or they wanted to renovate the current library and do something with the Taylor building, the funds of that, or to do nothing. So they put that on the bail, ballot, and number one was to renovate. So they got three committees they formed in the town. All three of the committees have people from the library on it, people from town, town councils on it, and citizens that are, are interested in, and have some expertise on it. Uh, so there's three committees that yeah. have been formed to, one, to look at the renovation project, what's involved, one, to make it a town board, and the third one is to do something with Taylor building. we are going to have to yeah. sell that. Uh, because they want to have it on one campus, so there's one, two, three, three three. Three committees are formed, and that, this is how you do things in town. It's, it's, it's just not the town council sitting there trying to figure all this out, or the library board trying to figure it all out. And now the library is part of the town of Kittery now. They fall under the umbrella of, you know, we have oversight, the town council has oversight and the town manager is, uh, is responsible for the employees of the library now.
0: And before we get to our final questions, we are going to take a quick break. Welcome to the break. Here, we're going to answer some of the questions the kid had that weren't so great to ask to the interviewees. Stuff that they really don't have expertise in. Today, we're going to be answering a question from a third grader from Ms. Peternell's class. This kid was interested in who founded Kittery. So let's go through the entire story briefly of how Kittery was settled. So our story begins in southwestern England in a small town called Kingswear, located across the River Dart from the slightly larger town of Dartmouth. In the mid-1630s, a ship left from a port on Kittery Point in Kingswear, and yes, that's why we have Kittery Point in in Kittery, Maine, today. This ship was bound for the Piscataqua River, across the river from the city of Portsmouth, to staff the new fort that was just built on that side of the river, Fort McClary, and to send salted fish that were caught on the Isles of Shoals back to England. Its inhabitant included one Alexander Shapley, the first in the family who we named our largest school in the town after. Alexander Shapley came to what would be Kittery with a cousin of the Lord of Maine. And so his new town, Kittery, was named after the point where he last set foot in his home country. And that's the history of Kittery. So thanks for hanging around during the break, and enjoy the rest of the episode. Before the break, you mentioned that the town has control over the library. Do you know exactly how the town got control of the library?
1: The town department now. It's to a town department. What's happened was a woman named Annabelle Rice that loved this community. She was actually a Portsmouth resident. Left an awful lot of money in 18, I think, 86, maybe 1888. I wasn't alive then. Maybe <laughs> or not, but And uh, over time, things get more and more expensive. <laughs> the town was funding over 92% of the budget, so the town said, this only makes sense if the library becomes part of the town, so it's just one more town department like the police, the fire, DPW. Great.
0: The director of the Kittery Community Center, Janice Grady, is retiring in June. She's going to need a replacement. How are town personnel generally hired, and how is the town going about hiring Ms. Grady's replacement? A position like that is in-house. It'll be
1: in-house, they'll they'll interview in-house, and I I don't know how much I can say about this, but I I believe that Janice, Deputy Director or Assistant Director, has been worked with and groomed over the last couple of years. You know, because a lot of times you want to stay in-house. They understand the programs, they understand the facility, they understand the community. Rather than bringing someone in that may have some idea that does not fit in Kittery, you're better, if like the community center runs so well, you're better off to have someone It's been part of that, you know, move up. And hopefully everybody gets an opportunity to move up a little bit.
0: So, uh, the last question I have for you today is just a bit more personal. I'm a Trape kid. I know your family's had four generations at Trape. What was Trape like back in your day? Yeah, right. (laughs) We walked
1: 14 miles to school.
0: Uphill both ways, I assume. Uphill both ways. (laughs) It was...
1: It was uh, it was a much bigger high school, and it was a lot easier to get lost, and not, not to have your own personality. Mm-hmm. It was it was, what was interesting was it was, and I'm sure you have it today, but there was all kinds of offerings, as like Future Teachers of America, Future Business Leaders of America, you know, any kind of. You could only play three sports seasonal. Actually, yeah. we went to four. There was track in the spring as well as baseball, and there was cross country in the in the fall. But there weren't a lot of sports opportunities. But it was, it seemed like, I don't know how it is today, per se, back then, but we were like, you know, everybody got along. We kind of like, we, when I lived on Park Avenue, when everybody would kind of empty out of the houses, we'd all walk to school together and everything. And I just It just, uh, it was a friendly school. The teachers tended to know everybody, you know, and, and they would push you and they'd say, you know, you want to try this or you got to try that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I remember the... One of my teachers saying, You need to go off for basketball, and called the coach up. And I went over and I played. You know, it yeah. just, they would go out of their way to, to uh, make sure you were doing well and uh, being felt like you were part of the school. It was, I think it's the campus a little more stringent. I mean, you didn't just go out, leave the classroom, and wander around. You needed a pass to do that. And, uh, and you know, you waited for the bell to ring, and then you passed the next class. And it, it was that type of setting was a little more rigid I think today you know when just my my sons their experience here it's a, it's a little more I don't know it's not quite stringent yeah discipline really which is good I mean you they you have a greater opportunity to find out what you want what you want to do in life when I went to school they tracked you you caught you were your college prep your uh, home Mac your business or your trade or uh, your uh, industrial arts you know, you'd be down in the Downstairs the Cook Building on the end, changing oil and cars and building birdhouses. birdhouse. I mean, and I would, as college. I was in college prep, but you would, you know, you had to take three years of a language, you mm-hmm. had to take four years of mathematics, you had to take three years of history, four years of English. You didn't have the flexibility of saying, you know, right. with the course offerings you have today are outstanding. Right. There's so much opportunity. We'd never not, done anything like this. Not just
0: that trade, but. Online classes as well.
1: Yeah, There's it's uh, fantastic. You know, we didn't have computers. We didn't have right. a computer until I got to college and then we sat in a room about this size and you had data taking cards. You had to put punch, you know, type these cards and put the information in, and then you had to design this computer program. And it would give you some data, but, or some right. trends. Uh, I, I, I never remember a bad day coming here to school. It was always what you wanted to make of it.
0: Thank you for being here with me today. Is there anything else you'd like to say to anyone listening?
1: Yeah, I it just uh, its a great opportunity. You never take education lightly. It's, uh, it's, your, it's the key to your future. It's the key to be whatever you want to be whenever you walk out of this school upon graduation. And you never, ever stop learning in life.
0: Thank you very much. Thanks for coming Thanks. to talk, Mr. Lamont. Um, next episode, which will come out on May 22nd, we will be joined by Superintendent Waddell. I'm Cole Gilbert, joined by Mrs. Lamont. This has been Kittery Kids Ask, and I hope you have a great day.